0: and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair where we bring real, raw, relevant issues to the table from a woman's perspective. Relationships. We talk about relationships on this show. We talk about faith and the supernatural. And I am so honored and excited to share with you about a guest that we have today that is a phenomenal woman of God, Kat Hoffman, survivor leader, and Victims Advocate. Kathy Hoffman is a Victims Advocate with nearly a decade of experience split between the medical and communications industries. Born in Klamath Falls, Oregon, Hoffman relocated to North Utah in 2001. She started her career in the communications industry in 2011 working with learning and development to create training programs for businesses across the country. At 19, Hoffman was abducted, drugged, and trafficked across state lines. She was held captive for nearly three months before finally escaping captivity on November 22nd of 2013. Kat, what an honor to have you here today. I am so excited that you're in the studio with us and you're going to share who you are. First of all, I love your name, okay? (laughs) It's like... I'm jealous. I told you that when I first met you, Hey, I told my mom when I was a little girl, I want to be called (laughs) (laughs) cat. But who is cat? Who is cat?
1: Well, I'm 27. I'm soon to be 28 here. Um, I live in Utah currently. Um, if I'm not at work, which I love, um, I do uh, work within the health and wellness industry. And, uh, I absolutely love, I have a great team of people that I work with. And, um, uh, just it really all, all you could wish for in a, in a work family. Um, when I'm not there, um, I'm helping out with uh smart defense and, uh, teaching other survivors self-defense lessons. Um, or I'm hanging out at home in my PJs, um, uh, being completely uh, immersed in either a book or a movie or a series or whatever my ADHD fancy has caught on to that day.
0: <laughs> I love it, dude. I'm, I'm your ADHD sister. Okay. I got you. I <laughs> Girl, what happened to you? Like, I mean, I saw when I first met you, I was reading part of your story and I just, you know, someone like you, 19 years old now, we always hear about human trafficking from this perspective of, oh, the minors, the minors, the minors. But I Mm -hmm. don't always hear uh, stories that are powerful like yours where you still were a teenager. Can you tell us what happened when you were 19 years old? What was going on?
1: Yeah. So at 19 years old, um, I was recently reacquainted with my family. We had kind of just gotten back on good terms. Um, I started going back to church. I'm I'm adopted. So my connection to my family was very important to me Yeah. um, and have not had them in my life and been in this position where that's all I'd ever desperately wanted ever since I was little and I was very first adopted Um, you know, you'll pretty much do just about anything to, to keep that connection. Um, and so at 19, after not having had any contact with them, um, for, for a while, they had dropped me off at a homeless shelter and said, see you later. Um, so I was on my own from that point forward. (laughs) I had kind of achieved all of these things that I didn't think would be possible just having been in the system and having been told that, you know, you're never going to amount to anything if you don't play by the rules of, of what we think you should play by um, from the various treatment programs that I was in as a teenager. So uh had, a, had my own apartment. Um, I recently reconnected with my family, you know, going to church every Sunday again with them and Sunday dinners. And <clears throat> so I had a roommate. Uh, And at the time, she, like many, many young women and many, you know, I don't know who doesn't partake in in online dating. It's really become the norm. But this was, you know, almost almost a decade ago where it was still, it was newer. It was significantly newer. So she accepted a message from a guy online and he said, hey, how are you? And she accepted that message and decided to invite him over for dinner. And in inviting him over for dinner, I became the target of a human trafficker. So um, he abducted me, uh, drugged me and trafficked me across state lines. Um, And I went from the girl that, you know, I'd never been kissed. I was saving myself for marriage and that the the Christian ideals that I'd really been raised to believe in, I I clung to that. And I was sold for $4,000 to a man that was old enough to be my grandfather. Wow. so that was my introduction to uh to human trafficking and what that meant um and this is from a you know a very safe area in uh, in a nice part of utah that this happened um and all it took was a message being sent on a dating app and how many how many of us do that you know, we accept a Facebook request or an Instagram message, or, you know, we reach out to someone because you know their friend. Um, and that's all all it really takes to to go from, from zero to 60 very, very quickly if you're, you know, unsure of the world that you're within.
0: Wow. Do you think your roommate, uh, did she have any discernment or any red flags? Did She just, oh, hey, come over for dinner. And then he was like, he came over and then he just targeted so, you
1: right so he was older um i believe um at the time maybe 43 or 45 british oh very very charming, um and wow. it, um, incredibly adept at manipulating people to just have him viewed as this really nice non-threatening Debonair. person right. right and who doesn't love right. love like
0: a british accent i mean girl exactly come on exactly uh, what is his name Gary the guy from the 50s and 40s uh he had a very charming accent I forget his Mm -hmm. name Gary anyway he's a famous actor so it made you do you think it made you trust him and also you have this background of
1: of trauma so having having this background um and trauma what i what i really like to tell people is your body knows when you're sitting in front of a predator your body's going to tell you when that happens and that's the the queasiness in your stomach and the sweatiness on you know in your hands and It's all of these things that go up that we as women from a very early age learn that it's not okay to listen to our gut because we're not here to make other people uncomfortable. We're to be seen as um, beautiful decoration and, you know, on a nice guy's arm. And, you know, so for the most part, we teach our girls to be seen and to be beautiful, but not to to you know pay attention to our instinct and our intuition so i knew i was in trouble the second he walked into my home physically i knew that but because of the the kind of conditioning that i'd had my entire life to say well you don't want to you don't want to offend them you don't want to hurt their feelings right i i didn't say anything i went along with it
0: yeah and so did you uh, was there some sort of like father figure in that person or some sort of like person, did you feel like this person could possibly help you or protect you in
1: any form or, or was that not part no. of that role? No, that oddly enough, not not at first, as I grew to have a uh, an understanding of what it would take for me to uh, humanize myself to him and as the 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 parts of him that, because monsters aren't monsters all the time, right? They're capable of having normal conversations, intelligent conversations. And there were parts of him that were clearly incredibly intelligent, mixed in with the beatings and the the sexual assault and the, the, you know, stripping away of everything that made me human. So he had moments where he was incredibly caring and incredibly tender even. But those, of course, came after a severe beating or being drowned, and you know, oh my brought back over and over again. But wow. from from the get-go, really, I knew, you know, I knew that this was a this was a monster. I
0: I know that you probably were scared for your life. Like, mm-hmm. how, how did you deal with like having the potential of being drowned to death? And you even mentioned before when you told your story about being put in a cage
1: yeah so that's where i woke up um i was drugged and i woke up naked in a cage in a dog cage um and i mean among other atrocities i was hung from a a beam on the ceiling and just suspended there and i would just be left there for hours um i mean there there are so many disgusting, depraved things that were done to me to dehumanize me that at some point, I mean, you'll go through all of the stages you possibly can. You try to reason with them. You try to beg with them. I mean, you do everything you can to appease them. But when that doesn't work and they still beat you anyway, um, that turns to rage. And that rage, you know, you start reasoning with God. You. You yeah. will bargain and you'll beg until you don't have anything else. you know i I promise God, you know, if you just get me out of this, that I'll do whatever you need me to do, I'll be a better person, I'll be I'll be better. But I got to a point where I was so miserable with my physical condition, what was being done to me that the rage bubbled over, and I told my trafficker to kill me. I screamed wow. at him just kidding me because death would have been better than what I was going through.
0: Right. So how how did you eventually get away from this monster? Cause he clearly yeah. is and was a monster. Like I can't, yeah. ugh.
1: So he was an alcoholic. Um. That was one of the first things. I mean, I've never watched anyone able to consume that amount of alcohol and not die. He would go through you know 12 packs in a couple hours Uh, vodka wine whatever i mean incredible amounts of alcohol and so he brought a bottle of um, vodka down one night and starts talking to me about his ex-wife and at this point i knew that if i trashed his ex-wife along with him and said how horrible she was and got him Thinking and drinking about it, that I might have a little bit of control, because I w- I wasn't cuffed to the bed. So um, we're drinking together. He thinks I'm drinking. I think I had maybe about a shot and a half, right? And then right. the rest I was pouring for him and talking to him. And um, so he throws me on the bed. Um, tries to rape me again, but he can't because he's too drunk. And then um. He uh, called me a, a a worthless, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Fill in the fill in the you know right. the word right. Um, and passed out on top of me. Um. So after I was pretty sure he was passed out, I kind of wiggled my way out from underneath, and I ran to see if the door was still unlocked, which it was. And I ran back down, and I grabbed the bottle of Grey Ghost and I smashed it over his skull. And I ran for my life.
0: Whoa! And so you got away. I and, got away. And, and, and did you run like fast, or did you try to hide somewhere first? Because I just um, can't imagine, dude. I would have been so scared.
1: I really, oh, I'm terrified! I mean, I remember I had little shards of glass in my hands, and so I, yeah. and my hands. Were, so, so I was reaching for the door, like just uh, and. I me panic mode and autopilot almost. And for Mm. uh, no other reason other than divine intervention, the bag that he had had me pack with all of my clothing, with my cell phone, with my purse, everything was right there at the top of the stairs, sitting there for me. So my phone was still charged. So I figured out where I was and I called the shuttle and, um, got onto the shuttle and, um, Messaged my family saying, I'm coming home. I'm going to explain everything when I get there, but do not answer any phone calls because I knew that he was going to go after them because he'd have all of my social media. All, he was, right. he had complete control over my digital life while I was his prisoner.
0: Yeah. So, you yeah, know, and divine that's, that's what, that's so awesome. I feel like God, like, intervene and and maybe he didn't know you were going to try to escape that day but he had everything in the certain place and it's like god set that up for you and i'm so happy that you're safe now and girl you are such a a superwoman like i was gonna say a beast like you're a warrior and this brings me to that segue into your story of what you're doing now not -hmm. just your job but what i what I think that you love right now because you're so interested in helping people that have no self-defense and no agency or, or boundaries and they don't know how to take care of themselves. If someone does try to attack them, if they meet someone online. And so you're doing something right. called smart defense, mm-hmm. which it makes sense. It's smart and it's defense. Can you tell us yeah. about how that happened and, and what what that is?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I reached out to the Elizabeth Smart Foundation uh, in 2019 um, to just see what I could do to help with, with what they do and their cause and their mission. And um, that was the time that I decided I was going to come forward and take my name back and stop hiding and share my story. And so they gave me the, the ability to do that through their podcast, Smart Talks. And, uh, and then asked me, Hey, would you be interested in being involved in smart defense? So smart defense takes. You know, survivors of, of sexual assault and, and domestic violence through an eight week, um, very small class size course on the basics of how to defend yourself in realistic situations. So if someone's got you up against a wall and they're choking you, how do you get out of that? Here's three different ways. Um, if someone is on top of you and, and how how easy it is for even a, you know a small woman to be able to completely disarm her attacker and use what we have, which is uh, you know an incredible amount of strength in our lower bodies, to really do the job and, and take care of, uh, allow it to take care of ourselves. So, um, and and it's incredible because this is a, a program that was created for trauma survivors by by survivors themselves. So right. it's, it's trauma, uh, you know, they're very trauma aware and very um, and big on making you feel empowered and safe, but also giving you realistic uh you know things that might very well happen and and how to get out of them so um it's just a really life-changing thing when you've had your 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 ability to say no when you've had that stripped away from you you've had your physical um, boundaries violated in the way that survivors have we don't feel like we have a lot of power and control over our bodies and you know, a lot of that stems from PTSD and a lot of it stems from our body just a bit really just remembering that trauma. And so finding a new way to allow other people to um, physically enter your life in, in a way like what sparring does when you're on the mat with another person, that's, that's kind of reaffirming that human touch is not bad. And it's with a bunch of girls that you're going to be doing an incredible (laughs) amount of cardio with that you won't even realize you're doing cardio, but you're going to walk away wondering, oh my gosh, what's that muscle called? I didn't know I had it. So it's a gr- it Just I encourage all women, uh, really starting early, early. I, if I had had the tools that I have now to defend myself uh, in the situations that I was put in uh, as a you know a teenager and as a young adult, um, I think my outcome would have been very different. And so I hugely and um, massively encourage people to really look into that as a, as something that you need to make part of your daily life.
0: Yeah, that is so amazing. I I took some self defense training when we first opened our first Destiny House. We brought this group out and yeah. and Cat, I got I got triggered. Like yeah. yeah, teaching how to kick someone off you when they're on top of you, choking you, was really tricky. Right. I mean, they used a real yeah. guy, and mm-hmm. it triggered me. And but yeah. I, I just want to commend you for doing that and for pushing through and I'm, I'm pretty sure you had triggers as you were oh, yeah. learning. I and mean, it's natural, even, right? I mean,
1: exactly. Even someone that, you know, my trauma, what happened to me, it's been almost a decade, but when someone's on top of you, it is a very real trigger. And even m- me during all of the recovery and the healing that I've done, I still have that happen to me and that's normal. That's okay. There's, there's no, there's no panic attack that's going to make what you're doing any less worthwhile and it's okay for you to have it. And that's an incredible thing about the women that that we do smart defense with is I can go in there and I can ugly cry and have my panic moment and be triggered and then get right back up and know that I don't have to be embarrassed because the women in that room get it. They get it. So that's... That, that emotional safety net that 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 past and that um, foundation really has built for me.
0: That's really awesome. So, do you, do you think that uh, this actually helps heal trauma?
1: Your personal Big time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, it, I feel like it's a bookend to your story in a way, like, okay, now no one's ever going to try to kidnap me again. Right. Like, (laughs) it's like, it it fits so well. And it's such a great position for you to have and to be an advocate and a spokesperson for these women. I think it's incredible. You're like this beautiful angel coming into their lives here. This is how (laughs) you defend yourself. Uh, I would love to have this at Destiny House. I would love to look into that for the ladies. Uh, hey, can I ask you, um, What advice could you give someone out there that is online dating or someone that's potentially being uh, groomed for trafficking? What advice could you give them if you could look back that somebody should have given you?
1: Absolutely, so I always tell people, listen to your Mm -hmm. gut. Um, That's something that for a really long time society for lack of a better means, has told us to ignore because listening to our gut a lot of the time requires us to be a little bit confrontational and ask hard questions that people don't want to have asked and they don't want to answer. So being able to make that clear-headed choice of, okay, my gut's telling me something is off, and making the decision of, do I need to explore the reason or should I just listen? And unfortunately, a lot of the time we do, we, we choose, you know, the hard road of I'm going to find out because (laughs) I, you know, they probably didn't mean it like that, or I'm sure, I'm sure that's not how it was intended, or I just, I misunderstood them. So really being able to say, no, I know what I like, I know what I want, I'm not going to settle for less and, um, Holding that your self worth isn't about who thinks your hair looks nice or you know the, the nice date that they take you on. It's a, it's a lot more research that you need to do into who you are and exactly what you want. Um, and then my my other part of that would be know your limits. Um, we are so completely absorbed in our social media and you know our instagram and all of those things that especially in the time of pandemic really get in the way of actual human interaction being around other people and especially because a lot of us are working from home it kind of numbs us to the cues and the triggers that we look at that show us whether or not a person is being honest. We don't look at body language anymore. Um, you know, we're reading a text message or looking at a five second, you know, Snapchat. So being totally. able to discern whether or not someone is, is honest um, is something that you really have to be aware of.
0: That is so good. That's a good word. Now, uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you was, How can people get a hold of you? Then I have one more thing I promise after that. If they want you to come teach, share, get a hold of the, the smart defense training and just you in general.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can always reach me at uh, my Instagram handle, which is at the angel in the marble. Um, My email is also listed in that profile, which is my last name, my first and my last name, Kathy Hoffman 151 at gmail.com. And then other than that, uh, if you wanna take a look at the Elizabeth Smart Foundation.org forward slash smart defense, that's a great way to look at class schedules to see what areas they're available in. I know we just opened up a location in St. George, um, oh, we also wow. have one in Charlie Square, so um the program is spreading. So yeah, just take a look. That's so great. Okay,
0: the last, last thing. Do you feel that Jesus and Christ, I mean God and Christ helped you with some of your healing?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. My entire my entire existence, what what happened to me, every single step that I've that I've gone through, I many many times in my life I felt completely and utterly alone, and that devastating isolation that comes with that spiritually and emotionally. Um, through all of the things that have happened to me, and especially my my escape, that was done directly directly with divine intervention and. We talk about God a lot as this, you know, mysterious biblical figure who parted the Red Seas and all of those older miracles, but we don't talk about living miracles and and ones that actually happen to us and happen pretty regularly. My entire existence and me being alive here today is an example of that. Um, My trafficker drowned me and brought me back, and during the time that I was ground, if you will, I had a very, very clear conversation with the creator that I thought that I knew because of the Bible stories I'd been told growing up. And the creator that I met is a very, very, very different God than the one I was raised to believe in. My outlook and my purpose is because of him and because of what he's allowed me to survive. He told me that he wasn't done with me yet. And he told me that I had to go back and endure a little (laughs) bit more. But one of the reasons that I'm able to sit here on this platform talking about this is because of God and because of what he has done in my life and continues to do in my life. And because he gives me the strength to scream and say no and to force change so my daughters don't have to sit there and their daughters don't have to sit there. 50 to 100 years from now and wonder where they lost their voice in history. So God is an incredibly important part of my story and why I'm here.
0: Girl, I, I'm okay. I feel like we need to do part two. So we will schedule that. Okay. Because you could, you could talk all day and I could just listen because you sharing just, it warms me. And not only that, I'm, I'm like getting ready to cry again, but <laughs> I'm so, I'm so happy that you're here and you are a fire. Like I feel like you're this fire in the middle of the desert where there's no, there's no light, but you come blazing through and everyone's like, follow that fire. Now, <laughs> probably because of your hair as well, but <laughs> Kat, you are an amazing girl. And I just want to thank you for your time and your, just your advocacy and your gift mm-hmm. of you and what you've done in your life to overcome and become a victor over trafficking. We love you and we'll see you next time on the pink chair. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Annie. Bye. Hi, dear friends. Annie here. Did you know that we have a nonprofit that serves sex trafficking victims? And how did this come about? Well, that was so simple for me because I am a former trafficking victim of more than a decade in Las Vegas. I had two different traffickers that almost destroyed me and ravaged my soul. But by the grace of God, I sit in this chair today and I can testify that Jesus is real and that my complex trauma and all the pain that I endured got totally solved by the love of God. And I wanted to share this today because we are in very desperate need of donations at our nonprofit. Now, our nonprofit not only does outreach for victims that are hurting, that need to get away from their traffickers, that need resources, but we have a home called the Destiny House where ladies can dream, discover, and develop into God's perfect destiny he has planned for them. Please partner with us. Your donation is tax deductible and you're going to be saving a life.